From the Tiger Cats Audio Network, this is Tiger Cats Game Day with Courtney Stephen and Mike Daly. Welcome back to another episode of Tiger Cats Game Day. I'm Courtney Stephen here, joined by Mike Daly. As always, Mike, it's Tiger Cats Montreal, a battle of second place in the East Division. These teams have mirrored records, three and six apiece. And today they, they're going to see who actually can step ahead in that very tight and increasingly interesting Eastern Division. How you feel about this one, man? Is is this the game of the week? Uh, well, if you start looking at the playoff picture, it might be, right? Because if it's a battle for second right now, but game of the week... I don't know, maybe a little too early to be calling that, but (laughs) listen, the one thing, the one thing that is, is cool. Both these teams, you know, um, we're kind of having, you know, a slower start to the season, right? But now Montreal coming off that big win against Winnipeg in overtime, right? Which I'm sure gives them a bunch of confidence. And then the Ticats pulling one out last week against Toronto with really, um, you know, for lack of a better term, a Band-Aid crew, right? So many people injured, and they come in, they're playing a bunch of new people at different positions, and they pull one out and actually looked really good doing so with, you know, Newton or uh, Newman coming in and running that third-quarter package. So it's, it's really interesting, this game leading up to it, because both teams have confidence for good reason, right? And now the battle for second in this East Division battle really means a lot more. Absolutely. Man, this is going to be a good one, and the lineups will be a bit shaken up. As you mentioned, there was a a Band-Aid crew put together, but this week it gets worse. Or does it get better? I think it gets more interesting at the top of the roster, the top of the DMP list. Simone Lawrence is back on the sixth game. That's never a place that Tiger Cat faithful want to see number 21, but... In spot duty, Kyle Wilson did outstanding for the two games that he did start, and he will be back in the lineup at Will Linebacker. Jamal Roll, who has been playing in that weak side corner spot, he is also out for this game. And the 2021 nominee for Rookie of the Year from the Ticats, Des Lawrence, is going to see his first action. Siante Evans is out. Alden Darby back in. This defense is probably the most turnover that they've seen in the last year do you feel like these guys who are stepping in but we all know they're good they're all pros but do you think it's going to take some time for them to warm up and get into game form des lawrence hasn't seen the field really all year yeah he just came in on special teams for the one game if we remember back back in the early parts of the season i think it's tough to get the communication part down. We've talked about this with the O-line, and I think the defensive back group is the same thing. I mean, Court, let me spin this question back onto you because when you have two new guys, even though they've played before, there's little nuances of communication that need to go on. Can that get ironed out in that one week of, oh no, Jamal Roll and Siante Evans are down? Or is it, you know, make it a little simpler and just kind of, worry about it the communication as we go on how, how would that work and and kind of is that a huge deal or is it not really a big deal well being that the defensive backfield is a place where you can have 
25 straight perfect plays and it's the one play you make a mistake that can often define your game I think it is a big deal but these guys have the benefit of Des Lawrence not being a rookie to the team uh, it's just just his first week starting this season so there would be some residual chemistry if you will I think the thing that people don't see that you might not experience unless you're on the field is those specific situations Mike you know what I'm talking about if they bring three receivers close together and all of a sudden we have to communicate and determine of these three guys who's who's taking who are are you taking the guy that goes deep the guy who goes in and I'll take the guy who goes out or is somebody just going to go walk up close and eliminate one of these guys and the other two of us will play around I think it depends on who's the personnel in the situation. So these are scenarios they've gone through over and over again during the week leading up to it. Um, definitely in the walkthrough day, they probably spent a few extra minutes ironing it out because different players have different skill sets, different preferences. And I think Montreal will look to take advantage of those potential lapses in communication because everybody knows that O-line, DBs, heavily communication-based position groups and the way that you exploit them is forcing them to say one more word right before the snap and right before the snap we will see again we like that transition <laughs> we will see yeah, Matt, nice. Schiltz. <laughs> Matt Schiltz under center for the Hamilton Tiger Cats but interesting QB1 Dane Evans will be QB3 on the depth chart I'm sure Tiger Town faithful will be glad to see him there Holding the clipboard, but also wearing shoulder pads, ready to get in the action if duty calls. Another person in the matchup today that we haven't seen uh, quite as much this year, Lamar Durant, the big body receiver. I, I think this lineup is a formidable one. The offense is getting it done by committee. Each week, different receivers getting in the mix. A different running back popping up. We saw... Two quarterbacks running the ball. We saw Don Jackson and Sean Thomas Erlington was the one who actually punched it in. How does this offense attack Montreal? They get it done by hook or by crook. What is the strategy for Hamilton going into this one? I think it's exactly what happened last week in the sense of we got to find what's working and just run the heck out of that and keep running it till they can stop it. Because really when you look at this, offense right now is it's whatever's got to be done right and here coach O say it I, I don't I don't care what you can't label us as a specific type of offense a spread offense a run offense it's whatever that offense needs to be to win the game and I think that's exactly what it is because you saw Schultz he was able to move the ball downfield he was able to try to find some big shots right early on um, but he can also run around and then when they brought Newman in there he he was just the same he took over that third quarter so I think they're gonna have some packages in but really we you have to rely on Stephen Dunbar and Tim White I think those are going to be two guys that are going to need to help Schiltz out while this you know they kind of figure out their offense and Schiltz gets into a rhythm uh, throwing the ball so I think those two guys you'll need to rely heavily on and I don't want to see Lamar Durant have a breakout game because we know he's capable of it and, uh, you know, maybe this week just because of the matchups is, is a good reason. But one thing I do want to bring up is, Court, when was the last time you've seen nine D linemen dressing? Because the Thai Cats right now are rolling out there with nine D linemen, right? That's, I'll tell you one thing. That special teams unit is going to be 
big. Number two, those D-linemen are going to be rested, rested, rested. So the, I think they're going to be getting after Trevor. Absolutely. And this is a lineup of some athletic guys. I know if you're on that kickoff return unit for Montreal, you're going to be counting outside in, trying to find out who's your matchup. And chances are that person's wearing a triple extra large jersey. So I hope they bring their mouthpieces and, and strap up their chin straps. There's going to be some big collisions. When you've guys got guys like uh, Ted Laurent coming off of the bench fresh, Mason Bennett back from a, a, a couple, a little vacation, um, these guys are able to get in there and play with a high motor. And like you said, special teams has been a big area so getting guys who are used to getting down in a three-point stance and getting off the ball on that, that punt rush team or different scenarios where they can use their down-to-down skill sets on special teams, I think that it creates matchup problems. That's really what it mm-hmm. does because if you're filling in your special teams with smaller bodies, faster, shiftier guys, defensive backs, wide receivers, running backs, and they end up matched up against somebody who is just physically in a different weight class, then maybe that's something you could take advantage of. So I'm interested to see how Craig Butler deploys his guys and how they play to their strengths. Uh, Ticat fans, make sure that you remember to ride on our strength. Uh, From now until October 13th, you can purchase four eligible Hercules passenger or light truck tires to receive a $100 Ticat rewards card and be entered to win our road trip sweepstakes. Offer available at participating Active Green and Ross Ontario locations or visit HerculesTire.com slash AGR rewards. Now let's talk about the Alouette strength. The Alouettes have really been a, a game managing, defensive, running the ball team. And I think Trevor Harris is the one who gets a lot of the credit. He's seven touchdowns, seven interceptions. They've got some superstars on defense that are emerging, I I believe. I think it's more so that, I mean, they, I don't know what is the really, the the, the great thing about Montreal. They're, they're a good team. (laughs) They're the only team in the league that's beat Winnipeg, but there's no one person that stands out to me and is, has me shaking in my boots, right? Last week, Eugene Lewis, who was their stud, 750 yards receiving two touchdowns last week, two catches, eight yards. And, they have Jake Weineke, who's probably their next best receiver, or, or Reggie White Jr., and these guys combined for one touchdown for the whole season. Um, so I'm not exactly sure what is the thing about Montreal that makes them dangerous, but they play tough on defense, and they do really force people into late-game situations where they have to be clutch. I mean, they played Winnipeg tough into an overtime game, and it was a missed field goal that ended up going in Montreal's favor that let them win. So given that the Ticats haven't really been lighting up the scoreboard and Montreal's defense, they know how to get pressure on the quarterback and they know how to force mistakes, is this going to be more so the Ticats offense versus the Montreal defense? Or... Do you think that that Montreal offense has the firepower to really make this one, um, uh, you know, exciting on the other side of the ball going up against the Ticats D? Yeah, and it's funny you said that because, you know, when I start researching this game to try to figure the teams out, right, and, you know, dive into the numbers a little bit, I was exactly like you where how is Montreal winning games? Because you start looking, you start looking at it, right, and, like, 
you know, last time they played Hamilton, Eugene Lewis had had a really good game. I think he was eight, eight catches for about 150-some-odd yards, right? Um, but when you look at the Montreal offense, you're exactly right. It's a game management offense, right? And you hear that all the time as football fans. But Trevor Harris is a game management quarterback at this time in his career. He's getting the ball out quick. He's reading it fast, putting it into the receiver's hands, spreading the ball out so you're not sure where it's going most of the time. But it's not these big chunk plays. So I think what we have to see is it's going to be one of those the Montreal offense against the Ticats defense because what I want to see is that Ticats defense be able to make big impact plays. Not just knock the ball down because they lead the league in knockdowns, right? But, Court, you and I both know knockdowns are half of them are just missed interceptions, right? Mm. And so we got to capitalize on some of the Ticats got to capitalize on some of those and make this game management or this offensive drive efficiency for the Montreal Alouettes slow down by negative plays, sacks, fumbles, interceptions. That's what's going to set up the Ticats offense in order to be successful like they were last game, right? Because I think, you know, when you look at both these teams right now, with the Ticats having a bunch of injuries on offense, there needs to be some big plays from that defense to be able to help them out. And secondly, when I start looking at these two teams, the one matchup I'm so focused on because they're number one and two in the league is the return team of number one on the Ticats, Lawrence Woods, number two on the Montreal Alouettes, the combo of Chandler Worthy and Tyson Philpott. Those are my matchups because when you look at it, they're both leading the league in punt return average, right? So when you look at when you look at the teams and you go, how are these guys winning games, right? How is this offense being able to put this together and score? Like the numbers don't look great. You watch the game, it's kind of hit or miss, some two and outs. Well, the punt return and the special teams unit is really what's going to give those guys juice. So that's why I'm talking about defense trying to get a couple big negative plays for the Montreal offense. And then let's see the battle between the punt return teams because that's a field position and that's what helps offenses do well. And that's a great one. I think Philpot is somebody who we will be talking about more and more as his career goes on. He's shown that he could be explosive. He's finally started to come around in the receiving game as well. So whenever he's on the field, I think he's going to work his way into more defenses, prep, and they're going to have to scout him a little bit more as he puts more film out there. Of course, Chandler Worthy, explosive as always. He was nursing an injury during the week, but he will be in the lineup now if you're the tie cats i think right right on cue you gotta put pressure on trevor harris and force a mistake now eugene lewis he didn't have a great game last week but i think you're right he is the thing that makes that offense go he's the security blanket he's the high point guy he's a big play guy Whenever they get across midfield, I expect them to put the ball up to 87 and just trust him to come down with it. It doesn't even have to really be a great throw just because he's so good at snatching the ball up out of the air. And for for Montreal, the big thing for me is, is Mike Moore, defensive end. Mm. He's causing a lot of trouble. And we haven't been talking about the offensive line too much for the Tiger Cats lately because, you know what, they've been playing really well they've been moving yeah. people in the run game they've been creating pockets they've been 
getting all their different protections that they need to, whether it's it's rollout and they got to slide or if it's drop back and they, they got to just straight up pass block, old school, make a pocket and, and give the quarterback a launch pad. They've been doing a great job. They have not been giving up sacks. And that was something at the beginning of the season that was completely opposite. But I think it's, to your point, the chemistry. They're getting a chance to develop chemistry. And I think Montreal's game plan is going to be, okay, who do we think, we being Montreal, who do we think is the one person on the Ticats offensive line that we can scheme to isolate and put Mike more on? I think he's been one of their best pass rushers as of late. And he does it with power and he does it with speed. The guy's relentless. Even if he's not getting a sack, he will be creating pressure. So this will be one of my key matchups to watch. Mike Moore versus the Ticats offensive line. If you're on the Ticats offense, are you starting out with the quick game and things to try and get that pass rush on their heels a little bit? You know you don't have time to get to the quarterback if the ball is out right away. Or do you just continue to kind of go with the deep ball, which the Ticats have been doing a lot better job of in the last couple of games? Yeah, I think with Schiltz back there, they try to get back to that lot of lateral movement like we had talked about earlier. Tons of lateral movement, get the ball out quick. You know, a couple misdirection stuff because with the D-line like the Montreal Alouettes have, right? And you're talking Mike Moore. But Nick Usher, Armando Sewell, like these guys are these guys are good. You know what I mean? And that's maybe that's probably what ends up helping that Montreal defense out more is just because you don't end up seeing that work that the D line is doing play in, play out. So I think you do a lot of misdirection stuff, you know, a lot of lateral movement and quick quick passes, like you said, to slow that D line down because that's what's gonna need to happen in order for them to win this game. But Ticat fans, remember it's time to ride on our strength. From now until October 13th, purchase four eligible Hercules passenger or light truck tires to receive a $100 Ticat rewards card and to be entered to win our road trip sweepstakes. Available at participating Active Green and Ross Ontario locations or visit HerculesTires.com slash AGR rewards. Now, Court, let's move on to some trends for this game, right? We got... Battle for second, two big wins. How much does the momentum carry over for these teams? I mean, you've been in locker rooms where okay, the Ticats are probably thinking, listen, we beat Toronto, right? Everybody knows that we're pretty banged up. And then Montreal's locker room is saying, we just beat the undefeated Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Does that carry over at all in pro sports? Or is that one of those things where, you know, people just say it? But really, it's next game, next prep. Who do you think is going to benefit most from that? And, and what's that look like? Well, it, it definitely does help the confidence when you're the only team in the league to beat the best the best team in the league. Winnipeg right now on paper and in a lot of games has shown that they are the best team of the 2022 season currently. And so Montreal, that's the most recent action they've had is actually taking down Winnipeg so I think that there's a lot there for confidence and all confidence is is just it keeps you inside of your own game meaning when you're on the upper opposite end of the spectrum 
maybe you're pushing the envelope a little bit further. Maybe you're taking that one play that's, you know what, coach says I just need to do my job, but I don't trust the guy next to me to do his job, so I'm going to do my job and his job. I'm going to extend a little bit further and try to make something extreme happen because we need to make a change. Now, I think that's when you get into a little bit of a desperation mode. If you were a team that's been losing and you're in a pressure situation, you can try to play outside of yourself. But the best teams, they stay in their lane. They just do their job. And I think when you have the confidence to know that your current formula works, that's how those wins impact the next game. You don't actually carry over any of the points. The energy, yeah, it's there for a little bit, but it's more so a reassurance that you're doing the right thing. And I think that's priceless because this is a game of who makes the least mistakes, who's going to turn it over least, who's going to give up the least explosive plays and the confidence to continue to, you know, chop wood, carry water and do the same thing that you've been doing to get previous success. I think that's, that's the benefit of having those wins. And so both these teams coming off wins, right? Um, the Argos were taken down by the Ticats last week in what I think was their most complete game of the season. Ticats getting it done on all phases of the game. Now, Montreal coming off their probably most impressive win of the season. So we go back to when it was the first time that these two teams played each other. And the Ticats, they got that win 24-17. to 17. So here, we're looking at a really good matchup. It might not be sparks flying 50 points per team I don't think that's what we see because both of these clubs are built around defense but it's going to be who can turn the ball over who can force the other offense into a mistake and who can crack something open on special teams what I do I if I do go on a limb and I make a prediction I think that we see an explosive field missed field goal return in this game for two reasons Mm -hmm. one Montreal They've got – they're going up against a team that has nine nine defensive linemen on dressing on special teams, okay? So there's going to be some mismatches there, potential mismatches there in speed and size if anybody is on the field at the wrong time and they take a long field goal and, you know, maybe there's one linebacker and a bunch of D linemen on the field. There's opportunity for somebody to get out of a lane and, and fill pod and worthy. These guys can take it the distance. And on the other side – you know, Lawrence Woods has shown time and time again that all he needs is a crack of daylight to make nothing into something. So I think we're going to see explosions in the special teams game more so than in the offense versus defense game. Where where are your matchups that you're looking at um, or what are the trends that you've seen that you think will continue into this game? So one thing that I was... Uh really happy with when I was watching the last game and Ticat fans I know are just as happy as the Ticats beat Toronto 17 to three in the fourth quarter. And when we talk about the point differential in the fourth quarter, right over throughout the whole season, that's a huge, huge point. So to be able to keep that going, right. And that's just closing out games. Right, that's getting the ball in the end zone. That's getting first downs, right? Not going to and out, not giving the ball up quickly, right? Like the Ticats have in the past. Finishing the game and in the fourth quarter, really putting your foot on the gas, right? And that's what they were able to do last week. So that's what I'm really hoping will carry over 
into this game and kind of be a trend. But you're right. I think when you look at the trends as a whole, it just gives you this confidence. Like, for instance, in the Ticats locker room, it's like, hey, see, we can close these games out. Look at how efficiently we can move down the field in the third and fourth quarter and close these games out to not even make it close. Right. And that's, I think, the confidence that they're going to have where it's like once they get into that situation, this game where it's the third and fourth quarter, they can go just let's keep going. Right. It's as simple as that. Let's keep going. We know how to do this. We've been here before. Right. So, Court. Hey, hold on. What? Let me ask you this. Let me ask you about this. Can we not overstate the impact that Seth Small has had on this Ticats team? Yeah. He's been playing awesome right like to come in there and be able to finish those finish those kicks finish the drives right make sure that points are going up because remember before we were talking about where you know right now all they're doing is kicking a lot of field goals well hey at least they're making a lot of field goals you know what i mean because that's still positive points on the board but you're absolutely right so small to come in here and make his kicks now to flip it we just got to bring the punting game up the same route right like I think right now that's a huge dark spot on the Ticats special teams is it's like 10 yards difference per average punt on, you know what I mean? Per team, per game. That's a huge amount of yardage, right? And we had talked about this before. That's a huge amount of yards. That's a first down every single play, especially when it's a two teams close like this, battling for second, right? Where the smallest amount of margin is going to win the game. That's got to be, in a better spot for the Ticats moving down from not only this game, but going into the season and then playoffs. Right. So given these things, given the trends, given the lineups that we're going to see, given what's at stake here with these two second place teams in the Eastern division, that is becoming increasingly interesting to watch. Who are the key matchups that are going to determine which team takes the W today? Yeah, and I'll, I'll go right back to what we had talked about. It's those returners. It's going to be Lawrence Woods versus Worthy and, and Tyson Philpott. That's going to be the biggest story because, like you had said, there's going to be an explosive return. There's going to be big-time returns, right? Being able to eliminate those returners, keep them at backed-up field position and win that field position battle over the course of four quarters, right? And not just the fourth quarter, over the course of the game, being able to be in positive field position, that's ultimately what's going to get you points. That's ultimately what's going to make the offense roll, right, and get the ball in the end zone and be able to close these games out. So I'm really looking for, you know, the Ticats to really hone in on Chandler Worthy, Tyson Philpot, and make sure that those returns stay at a minimum and make the offense go a long field. How about you? What are you looking for? Well, I, I know the – Running backs on the Tiger Cats haven't necessarily been putting up gaudy numbers. The best rushers have been QBs. But Don Jackson, we know what he's capable of. And I think in a game like this one where Matt Schultz is, he's really been managing games great. He's not really stretching defenses. And it's a defensive team he's going up against. So I don't know how much that changes the vertical component of his attack. I think Don Jackson has to be a factor, and him, once he gets past that first level, it's really Micah Awe. It's the only thing stopping him from cranking out 10 yards a pop, 
right? So if Don Jay gets spinning early, I think that helps the Thai Cats immensely. And then when he's spelled by S-T-E, you know, it that's magical. When you can have a Mr. Hurdle himself, the, <laughs> the he's going back to Quebec, all right? Yeah. Now, Sean Thomas Erlington in Montreal, people, if you don't know where this man came from, put on the college tape. He... He can make magic. We all know what he does. He levitates. He spins. He makes things happen. So I think if you give Sean Thomas Erlington, you know, five full speed carries and five receptions and you get Don Jackson another 15 touches, I think that's a recipe for potentially some explosive Ticat offense. Storyline of the game. Do they protect Matt Schiltz? Is Matt Schiltz who we thought he was? I think he is. He's been in this league for about five seasons, spent four years in Montreal. This is a familiar place to him. He's been in tons of games. I think it's a a chance for him to cement himself as one of the next quarterbacks in this league that's capable of getting it done. And we've seen guys like, for example, Nick Arbuckle a couple of years ago. Bo Levi goes down. Nick Arbuckle steps into the limelight. He performs well and then goes on to get a shot to have his own team, quote unquote. Uh, guys like, you know, Zach Caleros. He's playing behind Ricky Ray for a long time. And then he gets it. Trevor Harris and, and Zach were on the same team playing behind right. Ricky Ray. So it's a it's a common thing where you have to bide your time as a quarterback, wait, and then when you get your shot, it's what do you do with those opportunities? I think this is one of those opportunities for Matt Shields, see what he does with it. But it starts up front. Will they be able to protect him? Anything else that you'll be watching in this game? I want to go back to what you said, just because you can't emphasize this point enough. It's about getting Trevor Harris uncomfortable, right? Like I said, he's a game manager. He's trying to get that ball out quick. He's trying to see things fast. So when he's uncomfortable back there, whether it's getting hits on, whether it's changing up the looks of the defense – and he's not able to get that ball out quick, and he's got to hold on to it a little bit, that's where the Ticats' big plays on defense are going to happen. So I'm looking forward to seeing how they get him uncomfortable, if they get after him early, right, if they're switching up their looks on defense. And that ultimately determine how well he plays and how well he manages the game. So that's one thing I'm definitely going to look, be looking at. All right, Ticats fans, you got the scoop here. It's a 4 p.m. kickoff in Montreal the three and six Argo, the three and six Alouettes taking on the three and six Hamilton Tiger Cats. You can catch all the action right here on the Tiger Cats audio network. It's going to be RJ and 83 Andy Fan Twos on the call and pregame. You can get more of Mike Daly with Bubba O'Neill uh, one hour leading up to the game. We appreciate you tuning in and listening with us. And until next time, have a great day. It's game day and you're ready. So are we. Let us know your thoughts. Email us at gameday at tiecats.ca. Courtney Steven and Mike Daly are here every game day with their insights into today's game. Subscribe to the Tiecats Audio Network on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.